0: Welcome to Championship Culture. We got a, a great guest with, uh, guest with us tonight. Mike Howard is the head football coach at St. John's High School in South Carolina, and he's actually in a really sweet spot down there. He's in the Charleston area, beautiful spot, and he's out there on the island, which he's going to tell us about. It's his first year. He's another one of those guys who uh, got the privilege to take over a program <laughs> in the middle of the COVID era. And, uh, and he's probably going to talk a little bit about how he, uh, you know, even, you know, th- if you think about it, just trying to connect with your kids when you're a new coach coming in and they're not in school uh, could be uh, could be an adventure. So I'm sure he's going to share a little bit about that. Uh, Mike's uh, coached college ball in, uh, in and in a couple different spots and uh, and he's coached some private school ball and uh, and kind of been on both ends of the spectrum, been at a very affluent place. And then built uh, been at a, a uh, low social economic place, and and got to see the differences there. So, uh, coach uh, uh, coaches uh, in a unique situation, and he, and he asked me, you why do you want me on this thing? I've just been this is my first year, but I'm always fascinated by the difference between. The the young coaches and the new coaches, their take on culture uh, compared to the old guys like me and and our take on culture. You know, I just think it. I I guess my hypothesis is it comes easier to the younger guys. And he's laughing because I'm calling him a young, (laughs) but he's a young guy to me. So that's. uh, But but I just I, I always ponder whether it comes easier to younger guys especially when you can kind of still remember your playing days and what you liked and what you didn't like out of your coaches so uh coach excited to have you here man thank you joe i appreciate you having me man thank you so much well i'm i'm excited to steal your ideas man so we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it question number one can you give a one minute elevator introduction of
1: yourself absolutely absolutely uh first off my name is mike howard I'm originally from Homer, Louisiana, a small little town in northern Louisiana, and I think the upbringing there is what brought me all the way over here because it's pretty much the same place. Uh, it's just it's on an island now, really small community, everybody's close knit, there's a family atmosphere here, and it's something that you know it, it 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 makes me feel like I'm at home. So that's where I originated from. Uh, starting there, I was, I'm an Army vet. I was in the Army for eight years, uh, gave him a GI bill from that, and I chased my dreams, man. I went to Charleston Southern University, graduated from there in 2004, played three years of football while being a full-time employee working downtown at Charleston Place Hotel. So I did a little bit of everything while I was in college, and uh, I came up with the idea that at the end of it all, I want to be a football coach. I was a certified athletic trainer. I was working with football players, working on the football team, but I wouldn't have anything to do with football. So... In my mind, that's just it just wasn't gonna be it wasn't gonna get it. It couldn't get it. I had to get something that made me feel fulfilled, you know. So I started coaching on the side. I was taping ankles and I'm talking to guys about technique. I'm taping ankles, I'm showing guys how to get in the stance. I'm um, you know, getting guys out of the field talking about, about talking to them about their job. And I ended up uh, meeting a great guy in Mitch White and uh, Ken Crib over at Stall High School. They gave me my first opportunity to coach and they put me out there in the wild, so to speak, and just told me go for it. So Uh, As a coach, that's who I am. I'm a father. I'm a husband of 22 years. Uh, I hold two degrees of bachelor's and a master's from Citadel, and my bachelor's came from Charleston Southern University. I was a radio host for a year. I did that sports life and laughter thing for a year uh, down here in Charleston. One of my best friends says champagne, uh, and and we did a whole uh, sports show thing, and it, it really gave me the confidence to come on here and do things like this and actually put myself out there to go and try to be a head coach again. I have been coaching for a long time, and it kind of was getting to the point. You ask about culture, you ask about being it being a little bit easier, being closer to the kid's age. I think it might be harder because I do feel like sometimes uh, we can mesh with thought processes, and it's just not the case. It's a generational gap. And some of the things I think, really most part of the things I think, and I know that they should be doing, they still have that defined attitude as to, I want to do it my way. And I feel like my way can work. And I'm sitting there knowing as a person who just went through this, that this is not going to work, but it, it, it makes it very frustrating to say the least, but to finish off the uh, interview the, the, or the one minute introduction, uh, I, I own my own personal training company and business. And I just became the head football coach at one of the most, uh, I call it prestigious places in the Charleston area because uh, St. John's carries a lot of weight. There's a lot of tradition here. You got a lot of NFL players that came from here. Got a lot of guys that went on to do great things from uh, this football program, Coach Biggerstaff, one of the winningest coaches in the state history. And I got a chance to sit down with him for about a couple, uh, about an hour and a half, two hours when I first got the job, man. And he kind of gave me his lesson and it, it made me feel comfortable. And again, it made me feel like it's a place of uh, uh, home. It's a real homey feeling here. And uh, you know, I love it. I really do.
0: That's awesome, man. I you know, and I told you before we started. I my uh, my oldest daughter was an intern athletic uh, trainer at Charleston Southern for a year, and she loved it down there. We loved coming to visit her and, and going uh-huh. to eat oysters and shrimp. So uh, oh yeah, down there. <laughs> and uh, and you know, it's funny when you said that about uh, the, the generational gap. I. I it, it made me remember, you know, I, I get I'm certified in social studies and PE and I've been in PE for a long time now, but every once in a while <laughs> they'll make me go back and, and teach a course. You know, they'll be short and they'll have to have me in there to yeah. teach a course.
1: And I remember
0: <laughs> four or five years ago talking to a senior class and they and they said, they told me, said coach, now these young ones coming up. They're hard headed now. You got to look out for them. And, I, and I'm thinking, you're hard headed.
1: You're, hard-headed. you're
0: what you hard-headed. About? So it, it's funny how they recognized it that, that there was a generational gap between mm-hmm. their class and the and the younger kids coming up through the middle school. You know, they could recognize a behavior mm-hmm. difference. So so right yeah. on, uh, right on key to what you were talking about. So let's get to it. Yeah. Question number two is. Uh, how do you define culture in your program?
1: I define culture as a feeling that the players, the coaches, the admin, uh, the fans, students, everybody is the feeling that they exude through all five senses. We talk about them looking like champions, sounding like champions, smelling like champions, tasting like t- champions, feeling like champions, It's the feeling. It's, it's like it's the love that you give to all the players and the love that you receive from them after they feel like you do care about them. Like that's the old adage that they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's a real, real, real thing because you can know every football sense of everything in the book. And if those kids think that you don't care about them, that gen- that's the generation thing that does not change. I think that's a human being thing. If they feel like you don't have their best interest at heart, they will not do what it is that you need for them to do on the football side of things. And I think the culture question, it really lends itself to what we like to talk about over here. And that's that this game or football is not all about football. It's about life. It's the process of you becoming something bigger than where you see yourself currently. And that's just like driving down the field as you gain yardage, you get closer to your goal, close to your goal, adversity hits. What are you going to do? How are you going to react? You adjust, you attack again, you get closer to your goal, and eventually you achieve it. Now what you do, you build on it. So our culture thing, it really is using all five senses to feel like a champion. And that feeling part, that's the most important.
0: That's awesome, man. I, I always say, uh, I, I always felt it more like in a school. When you walk doors mm-hmm. of, of certain schools, it feels different there. You know, they have a culture built. It's a, you can feel it. And mm-hmm. probably the same is true in championship programs it feels different in a championship program than it does in a struggling program.
1: It and- does. It uh-huh. absolutely does. And that that's one of the things here at St. John's you can feel. Like I said, it, that was a lot of winning here for a long time. And, like, at some point in time, the feeling got lost a little bit. And I don't know how that happened because if you talk to the parents. You talk to the admin that are here who've been around. You talk to the kids even. They want it. It's just they don't know how to gain that perspective back again. And if you see the disparity, like I, I, I'm just call it what it is, when we play teams from the upstate, it looks like a different game sometimes because of the speed of it, the intensity of it. And, uh, you know, we got to do something to rectify that. And I think part of the process is getting kids to understand what it really does take to gain that level of ability. Like we had no off program for a while, and you could tell. When we, a couple years ago, played Green Sea Floyd's, and it, it looked like, you know, it was a professional team playing against a, a pickup team. And, you know, that that type of thing right there lets us know that the culture of winning that sport, this sport, has waned. And I think with all of the concussion stuff and, you know, everybody really not wanting to be part of, you know, fostering something that's going to hurt people, it took away from a lot of the stuff that we could teach and, you know, tradition that we could give back because football is not a safe sport at all. And trying to convince people that, it can be played in a way that you don't have to worry about getting as hurt, getting hurt as much. It has been a, not a tough sale, but it's a sale that I had to make to a few mothers and parents to get their kids to come out. And I mean, the kid's six, three, six, four, two 65. And like, what does he do every day? Oh, he just goes to the library. He plays games. I'm like, okay, like what kind of discipline does he have? Like, what is it that he's really trying to gain as far as, you know, his future, he's got a talent level size that is, that I can't teach. Nobody can teach them to be 6'3", 265, but I can not teach them to get in the stands, play this game hard, get his grades together, apply to the right college, go off and gain yourself a scholarship, and then be great.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I always say, you know, if, if, if kids don't get actively involved in sports when they're in high school, there's a good chance they're going to graduate without ever having to fully commit to anything.
1: Absolutely right. That.
0: Place, never having to train, never having to do the things. And then when you are talking, I, I thought about that Urban Meyer quote, you know, when he's talking a couple of weeks ago about, you know, your work ethic has to, mm-hmm. has to be at the same level as your dreams, or you're just, you know, you're just spitting in the wind. You know, they're just they're absolutely. Just cool. and, then,
1: yeah, you know, and that's what I was telling the about stuff. these guys over here being so casual about everything. I always tell them, like, if you're casual about life, you're going to end up being a casualty. Like, yeah. you sit back and you just let life pass by. You're going to miss opportunities. And like one of the things they say, like, it's too far. Is that well, How far is that? How far is that? Where, how far is that college from here? Like how far is a free education in the future? How far is, how far, is far then? And everybody's eyes kind of glass over, like, oh, I didn't think about it like that. So it, it's, it's going to be so much fun to see some of these kids who didn't have that light on in their eyes when they finally do get it come up, have it to come on. Just to see how bright it shines, man. Because we got some talent. We got some guys that you know. We just got to give them that little, that little push, that little tap, and I think they're gonna be all right.
0: So off script, your uh, what do you think has impacted your philosophy more? Has was it <coughs> years in the military, or was it your sports background, or could it you know your family back? What <laughs> my, my mama, <laughs>
1: mama. Nah, my mom, my mom, my mom. She's four foot seven. Back then, she was probably 107 pounds, but she kept me in line, man, and she kept me straight. I could have went a whole lot of different ways, but she gave me a a great foundation to build on. And when I went to the military, that discipline, it gave me a different kind of mindset as to how I'm going to attack my goals from this point forward. Like, nothing can stop me from getting where I want to go, even if it takes this long to get somewhere, you know. And then, you know, finally, finally getting into a program like Charleston Southern, where I graduated from, give you that great spiritual foundation and it just coupled with everything else that went on in my life. I think that's what gave me a foundation for my philosophy and that philosophy really it, it is to teach these kids that their perspective doesn't have to be what they see in the physical it's what they see in their minds, their imagination is going to take them where they want to go. And that's the stuff I try to teach these kids every single day. Every time I get a chance to talk to one of them, it's like, what's your plan now? How are we going to get where you're trying to go? Are uh, you doing that today? And it's one of those big things. they are like, no, no, I don't know. <laughs> so we keep building. We keep building brick by brick. I think we're going to build something great over here, too.
0: Do you have any kind of structure for, for setting them down and doing goal setting with them? Because, I mean, you, you sound like a motivational speaker to me, man. I, I'd love to have you around <laughs> my kids. But, but, you know, well, it's, it's, it's hard good. to structure that time and make that, you know, a structured event where we're teaching them that goal setting. Do you I would
1: tell you something. That yet? That's been one of the biggest things I've worked on this year. And I told you I learned a whole lot. And being administratively in line and streamlined with all these thoughts and how I want to get these kids where they're trying to go. So what we did when we started off the off season in December, we set uh, weight goals, we set uh, squat goals and power, like lifting goals for them. Like we used to do back in the day when we had uh, – uh, what you call it, top 10 boards of the top 10 lifts and then the strongest people in the gym. Just kind of bring that feeling back of competitiveness and then give them something that they can look at to see where they came from and where they got to. So us putting it on paper and showing them, this is your name, this is how much you weigh. We want you to weigh this by the season and then we want you to run this fast, want you to lift this much. Just giving them that kind of structure, academic structure, telling them, you know, 2.0, it going to get you eligible at next level. Nobody ever tells them that. You know, you got to get registered through the clearinghouse. Nobody ever tells them that. You know, food is a real thing. Your GPA is not just funny letters. Like, teach them that stuff. That's the structure that we're getting the chance to put in place. But it's, so, it's a little bit tougher because you don't get a chance to really physically see the people and look at them eye to eye. And that's one of my biggest things. I, I really like to uh, uh, create a presence when we're talking to the kids so they can feel what we feel. And the feeling is always going to be the last part because people don't remember, remember what you did to them, what you did for them, they remember how you made them feel. And these kids over here, man, like just feeling the love. Coach, we had two coaches die in the beginning of the season. One of the most uh, uh, involved coaches in the program from the last 10 years, probably, uh, Coach uh, Legree. He passed away in March, and I had kids on my team, like in the middle of games, they just breaking down, man. And, you know, talking to them off script and outside of the lines of school and their families and how much this guy did for them. Like, it's it's such a feeling of family here that, man, the sky's the limit for all these kids. And building culture ain't what we got to do. We just got to build a different perspective and, you know, send them on their way.
0: Awesome. All right, so let's get through three nuts and bolts. What are the best things you do to build culture in your program?
1: Okay, I'm an acronym guy, okay? So uh, the first one is the GREAT. We're going to send them out to be GREAT. They're going to be all be GREAT. And when we say GREAT, we're now talking about those highlight stuff that you do. It's G-R-E-A-T, and that's giving real evidence all the time. We got guys that really want to uh, be strong. They want to be big. They want to be fast. They want to be college recruits. So we tell them is the evidence that you give, you follow the streamline process that we got in front of you. If you want you to weigh this much, you need to weigh this much. We need to watch this kind of film and work on these types of skills and drills. That's what you need to do. We sent in-home workouts to them on virtual uh, platforms. We send them a whole lot of different things that they can do through YouTube, through uh, Twitter. And you just drill work that we're seeing that they need, but we can't have them do them because nobody's here with us physically. So it, it's, been, been been that for us. And like I said, G-R-E-A-T, giving that real evidence all the time, that's the first number one thing that we talk about when we're building culture over here. The second one is family. Family, F-A-M-I-L-Y. Forget about me, I love you. That's something that, one of those things that we steal. Uh, I, I stole it like in the middle of the season, but it, it, it paid off big dividends for us at the end because we had guys really trying to root their teammates on They come into practice with broken arms and not being able to dress physically hit anybody. They become coaches after the season's over. I had a guy that graduated in June. He came and coached with us this fall. He just got a scholarship to, um, uh, man, I can't think of the university now. But he got a scholarship in North Carolina. But he played a year ago. And he didn't think he was going to play football anymore. St. Andrews is where he went. He got a scholarship to St. Andrews. He played short, snapper, long, snapper, and center. So uh, it, it's, it's, it's been uh, that type of deal with the family. The family is the second part of the culture. And one thing that I, I learned this year, and one motto that I had is that love wins. Love always wins. We operate in a sense of love. And you show these kids how much love you have for the game. You show them how much love you have for your family. You show them how much love you put into getting prepared for all this stuff. You show them how much you love them. Like that's going to build a culture of love. And everybody operating out a sense of love. And we help one, another, and it, it, it helps you. A lot of people think you gotta give or you gotta take to have. I feel like you gotta give to get. So when we give that love, we're gonna get that love back. And you, you we're starting to see it now. I I really do believe that the culture is shifting a little bit. I sat down and talked with my quarterback this afternoon. He's a sophomore, uh, one of those big eyed kids, but he got so much big potential. He's about six one. He's probably 150 pounds right now, but he just looks like he's gonna develop into what you want you know, and uh, it, just seeing his eyes get big and some of the stuff that we're creating for the new website we're going to put out is really what, I, what lets me know that the culture and the, the feeling about the program that these kids have is going to change. It's going to change fast.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
1: All right, so I'm going to change question number four a little bit.
0: The, what I usually say is, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first got started? Okay. If, if I could change it for you, I'd say, what do you know now that you wish you knew this time last year?
1: I wish I knew that this was a possibility. I promise you at this time last year, the job, I don't even know if it was open yet. I don't think the job here was even open yet at this time last year. So I wish I had known that it was possible to be able to be in this position. Um, One thing, like I said, I I learned over this past year is that it's not about me. I am because we are. And if my team doesn't have my back fully, if uh, the people that are supposed to be supporting the program, don't have the programs back completely, then it's never going to work. Because there's always gonna be that leak. There's gonna be that little, that little chink in the armor that's gonna allow something to slip through. There's gonna be a, a missed call, a miss signal, somebody's gonna miss a practice, and then we're gonna be missing from the playoffs. So um, like that, that's my big thing. If I knew that all this was possible at this time last year, I would have been a whole lot more focused on. Like I said, that administrative part of being uh, streamlined with my uh, progression and the things that we need to do off-season wise, the stuff we need to do to meet with parents. Uh, if <laughs> I knew what I know now, I would know what to do when COVID-19 strikes. I would know what to do on virtual, cl- on virtual meetings when somebody's Zoom ain't working or my Zoom goes out and I drop 30 people off a call and I can't get them all back. Like the things that I know now, if I know if I knew then, that I needed to have coaches' meetings after every practice to make sure all my coaches were on the same page, I would be a whole lot better position if I knew that now, then. But, you know, it's so much. It's so much. But just learning the little uh, idiosyncrasies of being the person that's last to talk, the person that's really signing off on everything, and when the buck stops, it all stops at your feet. If I knew the weight of that, um, I feel like I would have been better prepared for a lot of the things that came this year. And, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't have kept me up so late at night sometimes. It wouldn't have, you know, made me feel like I felt driving by myself and you're thinking, golly, I could have done that better, you know? So, uh, that, that's that been a big, big thing uh, over the past 12 months, just getting your head wrapped around all the moving parts, the kids that got, you know, uh, split family households and one parent is saying this, one parent saying that. And, you know, just stuff like that you never hear about as an assistant and then you get to be the last one talking and you get everything and so it's so awesome <laughs> I, heard, I heard a great quote that said uh, you know uh,
0: failure is the first step to success yes but, but mistakes don't make you better it's reflection on mistakes that makes you better and if you think about it that's why we watch film but
1: absolutely you
0: know, we all know hundreds of people that keep making the same mistake over and over and over. It's not making mistakes that makes you better. It's mm-hmm. reflection on mistakes. you
1: getting better from the mistakes. mistakes. <laughs> Absolutely right. <laughs> thought- That's what I was telling the guys this year in practice. I'm like, yo, practice is for us to mess up, but we ain't trying to mess up. Come on, man. You know, we got to get better from it. Like, you can't just keep saying my bad. All right, you dropped off OK, you're bad. Don't jump off sides again. OK, you did it again. Now we got to get you out of here. You know, <laughs> well, oh, yeah, I, it definitely. Yeah, it was, he was talking about
0: in terms of, and I've, I've done this, I hate to say it, I've done this a bunch, but just, you know, when you're watching film on Monday and you actually start getting mad at a kid for yeah. making a <laughs> and yeah. you know, it you know, what it should be a mm-hmm. reflection on, you know, your example, don't jump off sides. Well, let's watch the ball. Absolutely. watch the ball, then you won't, you, you move when the ball moves. You know, mm-hmm. so that's, you know, focusing it in where you're making that mistake. Okay, that one hurt. That mistake hurt. But we learn from it. We're better now. And can Absolutely. we be can we be better walking out of film session than we were walking in? And for us coaches, can we be better the second year as a coach than we were the yeah. first year? You know, it's that reflection on mistakes that makes such a difference. I just thought that was, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm one uh, – I, I, I've made the same mistakes over and over and over mm-hmm. sometimes, but it's amazing how a little reflection on the mistakes makes me a wise coach instead of a, mm-hmm.
1: just normal. make you look smart, don't you? <laughs> like, that's, that's, one, that's, that's really is huge because you, you talk about them not messing up, but you never think, or you don't until afterwards, you think, I know the kid wasn't trying to do it. He ain't trying to mess up. So what am I telling him to make sure that he's not thinking don't mess up? He's thinking do it like this. That's been the biggest thing. We watched so much film this year. They can, they can talk a little bit. Like, they start to babble a little bit. So it's, it's been good. It's been good to see them bump their heads, get back up, trying to dust themselves off. Like, we got a whole lot of kids, man, that are juniors, and it's their first year playing. And it, it's hard to come out here and try this thing when you got Baptist Hill and you got Cross and you got Whale Branch and them guys who've been playing football, football for a long time, and you want to try it out at 11th grade. Okay we got something for you. And it, it was it was a little shock on some of them's faces when they got there. They were, you know, we played Madden for a long time. We talked about it for a little while. Okay, we out here in front of them. Like, uh-oh, this wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. Those guys are hitting me and pushing me and pulling me, man. Yes, that's what they do. We had a
0: D lineman basketball <laughs> player who, uh, who played his first year was last last year for us. We haven't played in a year, but it was last year. He came out as a senior Mm. E Lineman, and actually, you know, obviously, he went through some pain and and up but, in but, uh, yeah. the, the year for us. And I always thought football is one of the few sports where you could do that. You know, where a kid really can't come out his senior year mm-hmm. if he's willing to work, you can turn him into a dang football player. Yeah, yeah. You can turn him into a basketball player, turn him into a baseball player, but you can turn him into a football player. Yeah, because most of it is one or two. But, but he had to go through yeah, man it together, I'll tell you that all right last question
1: <laughs> I know you're a Twitter okay. guy uh, can you give out your Twitter handle? All right my Twitter handle is at one coach underscore Mike at one un, at one coach underscore Mike my uh, Instagram is one coach underscore Mike one Facebook at LLC dirty work. Or DWLLC on Facebook, or just Mike Howard.
0: Okay, you got a lot of social media there, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I was trying, I like. I forgot about the radio thing. Like we stopped doing that because of COVID, but uh, I'm not sure if i to be able to go back. I don't have the time. And we had a page for that one too. It was Sports Life and Laughter with me and Coach Champagne. But uh, it, it was so much fun doing that. I wish I could go back to that one. Well, and that leads us
0: <laughs> into. I know you got a couple things you want to promote. So yeah. The, the radio yeah. show is one of them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sports Life and laughter last year, 11 o'clock on Saturdays. It was awesome. I don't know if we ever get to do it again, but shout-out Coach uh, Seth Champagne. She's in, I think, uh, High School Basketball Hall of Fame. I know she's in the Hall of Fame at Charleston Southern. She's awesome. But uh, she was on that show with me. But um, the thing I really want to promote is Camp Dirty Work. It's sponsored by my company, DW LLC. We're going to be conducted this year at uh, St. John's High School on March the 27th. Um, the big thing with uh, Camp Dirty Work is impact fundamental technique training. And when I say impact, I'm talking about blocking. I'm talking about tackling. I'm talking about getting tackled. Uh, the thing that we use to teach impact training is the tip of the spear fundamentals. Uh, it's coached by uh, Chris, uh, Scott Peters. He's an offensive line coach with the Cleveland Browns. The tackle technique that we use, we use the Seattle Seahawks teach tape for uh, tackling as one. We also use uh, Yale teach tape from the rugby team at Yale for two. Uh, I got some affiliation with the Air Force Base uh, women's rugby team down here in Charleston. And I have some uh, female rugby players that play at the College of Charleston who are going to come out and help us out this year with some of the tackle fundamentals and give us a little bit different voice to hear as we're doing it. Uh, one of the big things that we do at Camp 30 work is not just for the kids, it's for the parents. We bring in, uh, doctors and athletic trainers to come in and talk about the return to play and return to learn protocols that they use and send them to the hospital, take them from the hospital, send them back to school, get them, uh, you know, back functionally into their classes and progress them back eventually to the football field or basketball court or wherever they were when they got a concussion. I think one of the big things about concussions is that there was a lot of information about what happens when you get one. It's really not a lot of information about what it really is and how much of an effect that other sports have as far as concussions. Like basketball, you hit the floor in uh, any other sport that's got a racket or some type of hard instrument, and you get hit in the head with that. I saw one of the worst concussions ever in a kindergartner who fell flat on his face in the classroom with his hands in his pocket. So concussions aren't just a football thing, and I think it's kind of gone away from that just a little bit, but it is a brain injury thing, and we all need to know how it looks when that kid has to go to the hospital, what it looks like when that kid comes back to school and why his grades are not what they used to be, and his, his attention span is different. So that information, I think, is invaluable to parents and guardians of kids who want to play any sport, not just football. So Camp Dirty Work is really multifaceted, and we have a lot of people that will back it up. Uh, first Camp Dirty Work was attended by uh, Mr. Joe DeLamalure from uh, Buffalo Bills fame, uh, Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame. Him and his son came out and did their Jody bands. Uh, we had Charlie Brown. Edmund, Ro- Edmund Robinson is still playing in the NFL right now. He played with the Falcons this year, and uh, he's right here from uh, St. John's High School on Johns Island. Uh, he's from... The wham, wildman law. So, uh, we have a bunch of NFL experience. Tracy White was in it. Uh, he played with the Patriots for a long time. Uh, uh, Dwayne Harper, the guy who played with the Chargers. Like, we got NFL experience all over the place. And, like I said, we're bringing professionals in to talk about the injury that is the biggest one of, one of the biggest topics ever in sports. So, uh, I, I like to inform the parents as well as the kids on why we're teaching the techniques that we're teaching and how we can keep selling football as the best sport around you can play it fun you can play it fast you can play it hard and you can still have fun at it if you do it the right way so camp dirty work march 27 2021 st john's high school we're going to run from about 9 to 12 got nfl players all over the place gonna be teaching you a whole lot about concussions impact technique blocking tackling running the football skills and drills and having a lot of fun
0: best way for them to uh get information on the camp is it uh, contact
1: you is there a
0: Yes, the best way for
1: you to get info on that is to contact me through either one of those uh, social media sites. Go to at LLC Dirty Work on Facebook or DWLC on Facebook. They have a bunch of videos on that uh, that come from the first uh, three camps that we did uh, on Instagram, at one coach underscore Mike one. There's a whole lot of different uh, videos and promo stuff that we had uh, for the first three camps also on those. So uh, any information that you need, just – Send me an email, shoot me a, a, a message on Facebook or Instagram, and I'll get back with you.
0: Awesome, man. You did a great job, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate you, Joe. Thank you, man. I appreciate you doing this. You did a great job.
1: Hey, I appreciate you having me. And uh, like I said, man, I, I wanted to know. Hey, come here. You about to go to bed? Come here, man. Where your brother at? Oh, my hey, God. All right. This is one of my reasons right here. This is Javon. Say hi. Hey. Come here, Jay. Buddy, this is his duplicate right here. <laughs> this is Jaden. That was Javon. is Jaden. Y'all going to bed? Awesome. Good awesome. night, man. All but, right, uh, other than that, that's it, man. I appreciate you having me on here. Thank you for even thinking about having me on here, and I hope that I didn't take up too much of your time or babble too long. Nah, you did great. I appreciate you, buddy.